The world is changing. Education is changing too. A growing tension exists between two schools of thought, between teaching and learning, lessons and experiences. While some believe schools should be places of wonder and excitement in which students are engaged in passion-based problem-solving, many others are holding on tightly to a more traditional view of education, one in which teachers are the keepers of knowledge and controllers of concepts. And then there are those who believe we can do both, that we can both honor the lessons learned and paths paved by the generational teachings that came before, while also forging ahead into educational destinations unknown. We are from this group of divergent thinkers, and this is our story. Welcome to Destination Education When Worlds Collide. In this episode of Destination Education When Worlds Collide, join our team of educational astronauts as they blast off live and interactive at the 2019 Transform Ed Summer Conference at ESC Region 12. You never know what to expect when John, Andy, Josh, and Arash navigate the ever-changing worlds of educational possibilities. Jump on board for this adventure so you don't get lost in the empty spaces of complacency. Listen in as student voices are elevated and adult learning instigated. This one's called Kid Spin. All right, guys, here we are. Transform Ed 2019. We have this super awesome crowd. Um, we have some, some uh, panelists, some expert panelists in the audience with us. And of course, our, our hosts of Destination Education. And so as we start this conversation, I think it's good to frame it. Uh, and, and so that, that our listeners understand, you know, what, what is the point of this episode and of this podcast? And, and Destination Education really is this, what schools could be. Not if we did everything different, not if we got rid of all the things that came before, but if we somehow um, were able to transform the ideas in our minds to bring in a lot of these new concepts and, and leverage technology to amplify learning, not just to occupy kids. And so um, so I'm excited to be here at Transform Ed 2019. This is pretty cool. Yeah, we've had some really great conversations uh, just in two days of the conference that we've had epiphanies that have been made and connections to previous learning and just seeing the excitement in a lot of these educators uh, in the past couple of days have been, I mean, it's been revitalizing for me as well uh, to know that the, the work that we try to do here and that we plan for is is actually making, making an impact. Um, and we're really looking forward to our last day of the conference uh, because we're really going to hope, we hope we make like mega impact. That's, uh, Copyright 2019 mega impact. Mega impact. 2012 mega impact. I like that. So we're really gonna we're really hopeful that they're gonna take that take these ideas and these new implement implementation plans and make something that that is ready to go in the classroom and not something that's just gonna go by the wayside once they go to Galveston for the summer rest of the summer. Because nobody does that around here, right? Nobody goes to Galveston or Corpus Christi or no. No, we do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was born in Corpus Christi. I was. Add it to the list. We go there this summer, hopefully. And so, like, here we're having a conversation. We have, you know, just so our listeners can understand, our, our, our panelists, what we have, we have three uh, students from Valley Mills Elementary with us today. Y'all want to introduce yourselves? My name is Mia Holy, and I am John Holy's son, the podcast guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm excited to be here. 
Yeah. My name is Addie May, and I'm excited to be here. My name is Aiden Bullion, and I'm also excited to be here. <laughs> They're all excited. Yeah, and they were our expert panelists this morning at our Transform Ed conference, and they gave their perspectives on education, and they shared that with, with just a group of educators. And now we have some of those individuals with us for this podcast, and so we're hoping to get just perspectives from each of them. And I know we talked just a little while ago about how a question was asked, how, how do you use podcasting and really technologies in the classroom in a way that it really benefits the learning process? So what do you guys think? I think one of the hardest things about that is we're, we're trying to go back to that whole one size fits all with that question. How am I supposed to use this? You know, and we always try to get away from that. One size does not fit all because you are a different teacher from the person that you're working next door to. And all of the kids in your class creates an entirely different culture than the one next door or the one you will have next period. Yeah. So ideas are great, but you have to figure out how is that going to meld and benefit, yes, uh, to your class culture and your teaching style. So I think I think it's important to think of as if, as we throw ideas out, you know, because it's it's not something that is going to be a one size fits all. So I think it's a good idea as a group to take time to explore that. Like, what are some ways that we can? Um, I know that there's some people in the room who, who have used it. So if you if you podcasted before in your classroom, like let's just talk about how do you use that, or what are some ways you can see yourself using that. In your classroom. Yeah, and what were barriers that you faced when you started, pot, you know, doing that in the classroom? Well, I've never used it, but I think this would be wonderful for um, issues of related to discipline that would be throughout the school. Um, as far as you know, the bullying is a big issue nowadays. So this could be something that could be among a large group that could be effective in different classes. Yeah, I think I think uh, going off of that, I think. The power of empathy is so much stronger just through the power of voice, especially when you take out the visuals to lead where that emotion is going. Um, I think that that's a fantastic idea to to really go along those the social aspect of podcasting. I think it also reminds me of when students used to do the announcements and they would pick topics. There's yes. a student paper. It's yeah. like yeah. student voice. A student newspaper. Yeah. It's their voice now. And, and this is the way they communicate socially. So instead of maybe making a YouTube video, they create a podcast for school or social news. Yes. And then it would be great for us to post for parents to hear. Absolutely. You know, students, when they're absent, if you've had a mini lesson, you know, your quick five-minute lesson, have a student teach it to the podcast. Wow, that's a powerful idea. Yeah. That student just got to engage other students without the fear of presenting in front of other students. Yeah, And then even that. putting that out there for the, for the world, you know, then that student is then teaching students that aren't even in their classroom. You know, sometimes I would say, sometimes a kid can't hear it from us. Like, they just can't get it in the way that we're teaching it. But hearing a peer say it or another kid say it, all of a sudden, oh, the light bulb goes off. Yeah. And so what would that look like? I mean, it's almost like it would, that'd be a really cool idea, I think, to share those out beyond the walls of the classroom from the district. Yeah. How, how would, how would y'all um, talk to the, the bullion the Is that what they're called? The panel group. Yeah. <laughs> Just got a name. Uh, so how would that make y'all feel if something you made was planted? was going to be viewed by somebody in another country or students in another country or just another state or 
another school just on the other side of town? How, how would that make you I feel? honestly think that would be really cool because sometimes the teachers, they say it in a way that it's hard to understand sometimes. And then if I ever am absent and I kind of ask what the lesson was about, sometimes it really does help just to sum it up in like a quick lesson. I think that would be really cool and help a lot of other kids in the schools. I, I think it would be cool but then fun at the same time and um, – like she said, if like you missed the lesson, you could listen to it and like understand what that lesson was about the day that you were absent. Yeah. Yeah, and that would save a lot of time too because it'd just be a mini lesson over it instead of having to teach every single one of the kids if they were absent. Like you said, it'd be easier to do just like a mini lesson. So a good use of time. Yeah. So what's the difference between the teacher doing it and other students doing it? Um, if other students did it, maybe some of the kids would like understand it more because it, if it was like a kid, almost kind of like talking to a kid. It's like having a conversation at lunch almost. Yeah, with somebody so, that you know that's your age explaining out how they think it is, and they usually have a closer perspective to your perspective than a teacher. Okay, so I definitely briefed these kids before they came in. So make sure you talk about perspectives and similarities to yours. I want to unpack here. Yeah, that's, those are great examples. But I, I, I love the idea of the, uh, the conversation in the cafeteria because I always try to reflect on, on my how I learn. You know, and rarely do I learn a whole lot when I'm just sitting down receiving information. Like, I'm going to learn by reading blog, going to YouTube, or something like the solution circles that we just had, where I'm just sitting down with people and hashing out ideas and yes. getting ideas from other people that have like experiences. Yeah. And like, we all learn like that. Like, we all know that we learn like that. So why aren't we letting our kids learn like that? Yeah. You know? And do we know how we learn? Like, I, like Mia. Oh, good point. Yeah. When I asked you um, last night, because not that we were prepping answers, but I was like, <laughs> you know, these are some of the type of questions, so y'all can alleviate some anxiety. And I said, and you read the question to me. You remember the one you read to me? Yeah. So, I, it was, I think it was, it said something along the lines of like, when your teacher asks you how you learn best, what would you tell them? And my answer was, no teacher has ever asked me that question. Not in a bad way, but just it wasn't something that was. I mean, they teach teach me their technique, and sometimes throughout the year, depending on the class, they would change it up a little bit. Maybe if we sat in rows at the beginning of the year, they would put us in groups and see how we did then, and kind of stuff like that. I see what you're saying. Interesting. Well, and one of the things that's hard for teachers is most teachers are well educated, you know and learn in a certain same kind of educated mannerism, and our students don't all learn that way. So it's hard for some teachers to understand. You have to bring it to their level, you know, to their learning style. We're educators for a reason, you know, most of us. And so I know that because I teach, I'm in special ed, and I go from class to class to class. And so sometimes I see that, you know, we're giving 
we're in a low socioeconomic school and we're talking about your favorite places to go and the teacher puts Hawaii and Europe and Belgium and the kids don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, they they need like chunky cheese or or whatever, you know, need the window. Um, but you have to make it relatable to children. Um, and so kids make it a lot more relatable to other kids than sometimes great adults point. do. That's yes. a very good great point. point. Yeah. Yeah. So the magic, it seems like, is the adults that can figure out how to kind of capture some of that and then reinvent it, you know, how to... You know, like I look at myself, I'm 48. I know, I know y'all find that hard to believe because probably, I tell my wife all the time, I'm veering off here, but if I had hair, I would be dangerous. And so it's probably a good thing I'm following the challenge. But all that, all that humor aside, which, you know, if, if it's not fun, why are we doing it, right? But, and I got down the trail, what were we talking about? Give me back. Learning is that Joe, were you going to say something? Well, uh, we, um, got podcasting equipment through a grant that we wrote. Um, initially, we um, wanted it for our English as Second Language students to practice their listening and their speaking skills um, to help improve that. But the more we played around with ideas about how to use it in other classrooms, um, we actually did decide that we wanted to do a daily newscast and have different groups of kids do the news. Um, the school news and maybe the world news to bring in some social studies that get left out of almost every grade level, especially in elementary school. Yes. Um, but the, the thing that we found out when I started introducing my kids to podcasting is that they were like, I don't want to do this. It's just listening. Where's my visual? Yeah, Where's my video? And it took a couple of weeks and a very interesting storyline to get them involved. But then we started listening only to TED Talks. And so they began to pick up on um, things that they could actually learn from the TED Talks. So that drew their attention more and more back to the listening part of things. Yes. Um, in the storyline of the one podcast that we listened to, um, I would give them a little three, two, one at the end of, of a story or an exit ticket and say, you know, what was the most interesting thing you heard in the podcast today or something like that. And I noticed that some of them at first were very superficial, um, very superficial. And as we went along, um, and I kept encouraging them to make this movie in their head about what was going on in the story, I started noticing in their reading that they were applying that same skill. Um, the ones that struggle with comprehension and knowing what's going on in the story, sure. their ability to use that tool that they were developing through the podcast was playing out when they were reading, yes. So, um, and their explanations of the complexity of the text improved uh, greatly. So, we only had a few months to work with it. Um, next year, we hope to use it more in the classrooms. At the end of the year, we were going to record um, our memories of fifth grade, but time kind of got away from us. Um, 
But I thought that would be a good thing for them to do at the end of the year is record their memories and then come back in a few years and listen to what their fifth grade year really was like instead of what they were right. And you know, one of, one, of, one of the things, when you're talking about reading, um, we're thinking about education in general, math, specific talk about math. Uh, one of the standards, state standards, is pro process standards. Yes. And one of them says that students are able to communicate mathematically. Yes. The whole idea of communication is not necessarily by drawing or writing, or it's also being able to verbalize things, your thoughts, your, your justifications, reasoning. And all of that, not only I'm thinking in the math world, this is definitely the application, it's a skill you've got to learn. I mean, it's not, oh, yeah. you're not, I mean, that's why probably they're, they were shy at first. They didn't know how to, they don't, there's a skill involved in that, which definitely could help with that process. I mean, you can cover that by having each other talk about certain, a certain And the vocabulary. And the vocabulary. use the vocabulary true, true, um, correctly, appropriately, in their discussions about math. Um, I think it's great about anything, really. And Any, we all know that, I know in our district, vocabulary is something we all struggle with yes. at every grade level. So that would help tremendously. Yeah. I think that's so important to make the connections between some of these innovative things that we're doing in the classroom and the content because I feel like for a while what we did was separate the two like yeah, yeah. innovation happens on Friday afternoon and right. you know the rest of the time we're going to do the traditional teaching thing but you guys are finding ways to you know use innovation to teach the content and I, I really think that when that starts happening and that becomes the norm that's when we're going to see that pendulum swing and stay in the place where we know it needs to be right now because that's what these learners need. But need, but uh, I just love the idea of taking the content and teaching it through innovation versus set, like, we're going to podcast on Friday afternoon but the rest of the time. So the fact that you're using yes. it to teach vocabulary right. and comprehension right. and math, and yes. that's huge and will have such a big impact on today's learners. Well, I think that's what we did in our last um, session when we talked about what makes technology meaningful. Yeah. It's when it enriches what you have to teach in the classroom and gives you that application for some kids who might never show um, what they know um, without having it given to them exactly like you want them to have it. That technology gives them an innovative way to be creative, to communicate with their peers, to collaborate with their peers, and, and um, to really apply what they've learned and build that synthesis that we really want them to have. Yeah. What do you all think about that? Like, what do you think about using technology at school, how it helps you learn, or if it doesn't? I think using technology at school really helps because some kids, they, sometimes when we have to do worksheets and stuff, some kids get bored and then they sit and don't do their work and then they get in trouble by the teacher, but well, every time we get on Chromebooks or iPads at school, it seems like everybody's attention is just focused, and everybody does their. I honestly think it helps a lot to get kids' attention. Do you think? Do you think they're doing the work, or they just? Uh, do you think they're learning from that yeah, sitting? Yeah, I really and do. What do they do on that on that technology device usually? Usually, if I I don't know what it is about the computers, but something. A lot of kids in my grade, whenever we take tests and stuff on them. They like it a lot better than if we were to take them in another class on paper, and usually they score higher on them than they do. Question for you right now. That's my final question I'll ask you. Or is it my final question? My question to you actually is, do you ever collaborate with your friends 
using a, using a, a device. Sometimes we do projects instead of like doing projects like hands-on projects. Sometimes we'll do like powerpoints that we get to present in front of the class, and I always think those are really cool. those are cool. And do you think your friends enjoy it too? Yes. Right, do you do that in a general education class? You're, you're in a class. I mean. Have you guys done your pod in your class? No. Oh, that's a fun one because I know that with my students, I have GT, SPED, and yeah. general ed, 504, it doesn't matter what umbrella they're under, they're all in my class. Yeah. And they loved, not a single student had an issue doing AirPod because it had the slideshow portion, but it also has interactive moments yes. where the kids are getting to see it, hear it, then apply it, yeah. and then talk about it. Yeah. They get to post on the collaborative board, and then they get to read each other's comments, and it's engaging students that normally did not want to read or write, yeah. and suddenly they're reading and writing and participating with their peers when normally they would be arguing or yeah. you know having issues. And and I feel like technology has really given us that opportunity, even for kids like you, you were saying, yeah. who are struggling with that pen and paper once they see that keyboard, for some reason, yeah. something lights inside of them. It's something new yeah. and novel, yes. and they are ready to interact. Yeah. Well, that, that technology you're talking about with Nearpod, I think, is something we need to focus on even without the technology portion, because the thing that she's talking about with Nearpod, uh, it's really emphasizing a two-way communication yes. because it's allowing the it's allowing the teacher to deliver information, start conversation, but it's also allowing the students to interact and send questions back or interact with a question or you know see an answer or go to a website. And it's not just a one-way street anymore. It's information going both ways, which is helpful even to the teacher to figure out. Is the what's the pulse in this class? Do I need to move on? Is this kid having trouble? Um, and I say without technology, because even if you don't have that, you're going to be doing. You're going to want to do that in your class also. Yeah. You don't want to be that sage on the stage. Right. 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 say it. You know, right. Right. the sage on the stage. You want that communication going on constantly. Um, and I think programs like Nearpod. Um, are really emphasizing that again. I think it's it's important. I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's a technology throwback to the old parking yeah. lot. You know, yeah, I yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. like going back to the parking lot, but getting it right in front of the kids, yeah. having it right at their fingertips. They're not having to get up in front of someone else and mm -hmm. do it. They can post and it not really be their name. Nobody has to really know except for you because you know who's assigned to that. Yeah. And then you yeah. can give that instant feedback that we talked about this morning. Yes. Absolutely, and it just validates their thinking. It helps them move away from those traps. But I feel like podcasting could do the same thing because like, we have students interacting today, listening to them talk to adults models such a great thing for students and how they should be interacting with adults and each other. Right. So I feel like this podcast not only is such an awesome thing just to deliver information, but also to deliver those social interactions that oh, yeah. kids are really lacking in with adults a lot of times yeah. because we don't have enough time to do one-on-one -on -one with absolutely every student. It's also a safe way for them to, you know, grasp that whole public speaking concept. Yeah. Get comfortable with it because they don't have to stand up in front of the entire class and give their speech, but essentially it is there for the entire class to learn from later. But they, yeah. they don't, I wouldn't think they would have that same anxiety that you would have getting up in front of a room of four people. It's exciting to hear what you're talking about, though, because as an old English teacher, I think I'm processing this in ways that we try to get students to formulate their thoughts into writing. 
and this kind of collaboration, and what Mia was saying, and you were about. So now they can sit there and talk, but then they can also go back and listen to the podcast, and when it's time to write something down, they can hear what their peers had to say about it and what they thought, you know, and just, yeah, it helps condense thinking. I just see that as being such a such a valuable tool in getting students to assimilate information then in such a way that not only if they can speak it back, in my mind, that's the yes. first step toward being able to write it back. So. Yes. And then another thing, just think about what you said about being an old English teacher, the book talks. We're yes. always talking to kids and they're trying to get them to yeah. talk about what they're reading. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, now it makes me think about that child that's homebound. Suddenly now they have that opportunity to listen to the interaction. Absolutely. That book talk, that discussion, where they wouldn't have had that chance. They would have had to wait for that teacher to come, give their services, and that'd be yeah. it. But this really opens that access door for those students who don't get the other student interaction because of their disability. Well, and also thinking about the writing edge, I just think about how making into a podcast, your writing could really kind of allow kids to unlock their creativity, yes. and then having other kids listen to their story and be able to provide feedback and ask questions and kind of make it more of that interaction and yeah. just teaching them to add in those details because there's not the pictures for your listener to look at. Yes, yeah. it's that elusive engagement piece that we're always, how can we engage our learners, you know? Well, to build on what Valerie said, um, when I taught fourth grade, one of the things that we, in writing that we were talking about is adding detail and describe, and it would be a great activity for um, when you wrote your paper then to put it on a, a podcast yes. and have another student listen to it and see if that student can see what you're writing about. Absolutely. Um, if you have really described this, or even in a math problem, if you've described the steps that you need to take, um, we used to do something here at Region 12 called Monster Match. Oh, yes, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that when I was in the classroom. Yeah, and that was so much fun because you would be paired up with a, a, a school away far away, yeah. and um, you would make a monster around Halloween, and then you would write the description of your monster and send it to the other school, no visuals. Yes. And they would do the same to you. Yes. And you would make their monster and they would make yours and then you'd have video conferencing. Yes. I don't know what we called it then. It was something really Here's that big. Yeah. It was something really primitive. But you met and uh, you did like kind of a Skype. And you showed your monsters, yeah. and they were that. always so different. <laughs> yeah, how, you know, it's interesting. That's such a great example of how a lot of these ideas we are just repurposing, right? And that we have technologies now to make them, some, in some instances, more robust. More, But really, a lot of this stuff is just us getting reconnected to some of those practices we've known as educators, the reasons we became educators, and for us to just feel enthusiastic about this idea that, hey, is as creative as we can get, this idea that we live in this standardized system and we have to teach to a test, hey, we have standards, right? Know your standards so that you can weave them into all these exciting things. Guys, it's hard to believe we are at 25 minutes for this episode and our time for this session has come to an end. So I would like to thank on behalf of Destination Education in Region 12, everyone for their participation. And I am just so excited about all the contributions you guys made to this episode and really the ideas that you generated with us today. And I hope that when you leave, 
um, and you think back on today, you remember this session as something that sparked a little bit of a little bit of curiosity and wonder, you know, that reminded us that, you know, education is what we make it. And, you know, we have these outside voices telling us what it is. We know what it is. We're educators. And so let's tell our story and let's use these as examples to do so. So thank you guys for today. Thank you, our expert panel. In gratitude for their contributions to this episode of Destination Education, we wanted to say thank you to our student panelists and to the members of our audience. Each of you has a unique perspective and a story to tell. We are so excited that we got to learn with and from you and for the opportunity to elevate your voices in this episode. If you want to continue this journey with us, be sure to hit us up on our Destination Education Twitter page at A Chaotic Mess R12. And tune in to our next Out of This World episode when we continue to blur the lines between GT and special education on Destination Education When Worlds Collide. And always remember that courage creates culture and kindness keeps us connected. Destination Education What happens when one